the smiles on my face from recording this latest podcast. Everyone, my guest today is a real estate attorney in the city of Chicago, and we barely talked about real estate or his work as an attorney. We did a little bit, but we talked about perspective, his humble beginnings. Please welcome Imran Khan. You're listening to The Chicago Hustle, a podcast that highlights the struggles, successes, and overall journey of Chicagoans pursuing their passion. My name is Edward Terrace, and I'm a Chicago real estate broker that focuses on understanding the rental and sales market to facilitate the sale of property, along with providing my clients a roadmap to one of the biggest necessities of life, a place to call home. And I'm sitting down with our neighbors to learn about their process, the lessons they've learned, and how they're making an impact. Okay, and we're live. My man, thank you so much. What's up, my man? Thank you for the opportunity, dude. Appreciate this. Proud of you and what you're doing and grateful for this opportunity. Dude, totally. I, I didn't think that when I met you, we first met, what, a couple months ago? July? End of July? Yeah, somewhere around there. David's closing, I think, right? David. Yeah, David's closing. So I, I never met Imran before, but then he was, you know, I, I, for some of you that know, I'm also a real estate agent. And it just so happened, I asked David, I said, hey, do you need a recommendation for an attorney? He said, no, I got one. I said, oh, okay, no worries. Use your guy. And then I met you at the closing table and you're super genuine. And I was like, this is a cool dude. My man, likewise, we connected. Our energies were awesome the first day. And, uh, and here we are. I see many, many more lifetime long of friendship, dude. It's amazing, your energy. Yeah. Oh, and you sh- for every of the, if you guys, anybody follows me on Instagram, I went to the office and there's a bottle of champagne just waiting <laughs> there for me, man. My man, that's, I mean, that's uh, what I do with people. I, there's, I'm, I'm a big fan of positive energy and I meet a lot of amazing people. But when you feel that connection, it's not necessarily to, to grab business. People think about that. It's more like I see you doing such an amazing thing to society, giving back. And so I thought, hey, this guy deserves something for you know your time for you to enjoy right it's not always about business i always love to put the business aside and get to know you on a personal level so that's why enjoy that drink dude you and your girl i didn't know if i should have got got scotch but i said man he loves his woman so maybe champagne for them too yeah i I do love her she's great man i know yeah so but no i i love how you said that where it's not always about business the first mortgage lender uh, that I ever really connected with. Uh, well, it was actually Henry that was at the closing with us. And he asked if we wanted to meet up for coffee. I was like, sure, why not? And uh, he said, you know, I started talking about my business. He was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But like, tell me about yourself. Like, what do you do? For-? He's like, I see you're like, you train MMA and stuff. It's like, oh, you know, the, the guy's not actually just wanting to meet with me to like get business from. Like, he actually wants to know who I am. And that kind of seems like that's you too. Correct. I don't like the concept of meeting for coffee, exchange business cards and move on. I never operated like that. I always get to know people on a personal level. Um, I have a lot of business acquaintances, but when I, when there's a certain energy, I try to reach out for that friendship and I kind of see that in us. So that's why, you know, kind of, you know, that's why we're here. Yeah, man. And when, when you first talked about how you got into the business, cause you graduated from law school in 2011, right? Correct. I graduated. In, um, in May of 2011, passed my bar and got my license November 1st, 2011. And then you talked about how, you know, sometimes people come out of college, right out of college, they have this high paying job, right? And then sometimes 
you don't. And when you don't, you have to make an adjustment. And you talked about how like it was super important for you to meet new people, get those connections so that you could, you know, make your way. Um, can you, Correct. Can, Correct. can you tell me how you kind of started that for, for somebody else that's, you know, not starting at the top right out of college? How, how do they do that? And how'd you do it? Yeah. So, um, First, before we start, I do want to say thank you for putting me on Chicago Hustle. Yeah. Uh, and, and thank you to you uh, giving me this opportunity. Uh, also, I always start off with a shout out and a gratitude to my team. I'm nowhere without my team and my family. So if you don't mind me taking that. Second. Yeah, please do, please. Uh, so thank you to my team. I am where I am because of uh, Sonia Khan, Angela, Leanne, Yeva, Zach, uh, Rosa, Najda, so I can't be what I am in business where I and personally without I'm an amazing support and they're my support and my parents as well. Awesome, I love it. All right, so going back to my business, I graduated in 2011. Uh, horrible economic times, right? So <laughs> I went to a uh, a not so good law school. There's a lot of negative comments about that, but um, a lot of negative energy of where I went to law school after graduation, a lot of negative energy, and it really put down a lot of people. Um, and then I was very fortunate to, I, I leverage connections and networking very well. And I was very fortunate to get an unpaid internship and eventually a possible job at a large firm. This is right before I graduated. And then they did not uh, fulfill the job um, requirement because of the economy, economic tank in 2008, you know, 9, 10, 11. We're horrible times in real estate, as everyone knows. Um, but then I took a step back and I'm like, man, I'm so grateful what we do. I looked at people that made three, 400 grand a year, Ed, and I was like, man, if these guys can make three, 400 grand, I wouldn't hire, hire them for a speeding ticket, let alone, you know, so, you know, you look people like you're, you, me, there's nothing that we cannot do. If I, I, I've met some amazing people, people that are making $100 million, met billionaires. Dude, um, if those guys can do it, I know you, you and I and certain, it, it's, if those guys can do it, I said, hey, there's definitely a way I can do it. I think our mindset's correct. That's why you and I jive very well. I think our um, energies are amazing. Um, so I said, if those guys can do it, why can't I? So I um, got my license. So I didn't get that job October 31st. I remember because I was in Halloween. I was living at home with my parents in the basement. Um, and then I got, my, you, I remember because October 31st, Halloween, I went out. My results came in November 1. I passed on the first try. I, read, I registered in a startup shop that day. Um, and that's the start of where I, where I was. I always, uh, right away, I looked at, the big law firm that I was supposed to get a job. Um, I looked at, you know, how they got the business and I started creating what is today known as a vision board of people who I want to work with. And I always tweak that vision board probably every quarter. Now it's every month. You're, you were on my vision board, dude. And now, uh, what? it's not about, <laughs> yeah, I, started, <laughs> uh, I wish I was in my, uh, my Chicago office. I would no, explain, elaborate, please. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Again, I want to take a step back. I went to a horrible school. No one got a job. And there was a lot of negative energy there. And I took that negative energy and tried to, I don't want to say take, get revenge, but I bundled it up and I went full steam ahead. Um, I mean, you, if you 
I mean, um, I'm going to say a quote that I pretty much go by. Um, if you're raised in, in, a, in a garden, it's going to be hard for you to survive in the jungle. If you grow up in the jungle, it, you want to build a garden. So I looked at all these young guys that are getting the two, $300,000 jobs or 160-year jobs. I'm like, man, these guys, these, these men and women were very lucky and strategic. Um, and I said, you know, if I can do this in the jungle in the real world by myself, I think there would be a better opportunity. I think I would have better, uh, a better personality, better reputation. I think it's kind of panned out. So I graduated in 2011, horrible time, didn't get a job. No one got a job. Everyone's extremely depressed. People are doing, you know, odd, odd things. Uh, I set up shop, created a vision board of people that I wanted to work with. And I followed them, not to sound like a creep, of what they did, what they like to do. Um, and then I actually pretty much worked with everyone on my vision board. I actually aimed too low, to be honest. Uh, it should have been higher. Um, but I worked with them, and it's just a cycle. It's just an endless cycle. And you were on my vision board, I think, in July, August. And oh, then you man. said, I shut out. Yeah, I shut out. I'll show it to you. Do, please do. Yeah. I will. I will. Man, so I, I kind of, well, first of all, throughout that, there was a point in time when you said, I was fortunate enough to get a job with a non paying internship. A non paying internship. Yeah. What an opportunity. For you, for some people that would see that, they'd be like, I'm not getting any money for this time. But for you, it probably doesn't sound like you cared about the money. You just cared about the experience. Correct. Uh, even today, uh, I love to, like at that time in 2011, I was fortunate and grateful for a non-paying job because I met people that at that time were, I thought, extraordinary. And I come from a um, not so privileged background and I met people and attorneys and partners and developers that are making a few hundred, few million dollars a year. At 25, 26 years, I was awed, right? Man, that's why I was so excited to get that non-paying job. Um, and that's where, I, so I, I was really stoked. So to, even today, Ed, um, you know, all the business that I do and stuff, it's not, it's not about money. It's about what I love to do. And I, and I met some amazing people. But anyways, going back to that point, I said, if those guys can make what they're doing, people like you and I and people listening to this podcast, definitely can do it too there's nothing that they're brighter smarter or privileged that that does not exist it's just how you leverage and connect yourself to certain people so i was grateful to have that non-paying um high you know great law firm job to see how they got how they got business i learned a lot i was a waiter for eight to ten years i think eight years so i had a lot of great people skills too so like that was a great combination so when you were, when you're out of school and you didn't get that like dream job that you wanted right away, is that what you did until you got to where you wanted? Was you were a waiter? Uh, I, yes, I waited tables for a, lo a while. Um, I opened up shop right away, but I went full force in effect. I lived in my, at my mom's basement, uh, created a vision board, who I want to work with. I decided I wanted to do real estate closings because I did one divorce case, extremely toxic. I'm very happy, I'm very energetic. And I said, man, I went to court twice. I don't wanna deal with these people. So I thought, okay, what can I do? So I looked at real estate closings um, and my landlord sold his place. And I said, I'll do his closing. And, he, and I did his closing, I'm like, man, amazing people, no negativity, everyone's happy, seller's selling, buyer's happy. There's nothing negative. 
this is me. And then uh, I think uh, that's when I created this vision board. Then I strategically created it, who would work with big producers, connect with the right lenders. And that's where I started. And that momentum, momentum hasn't stopped. And now it's more strategic. Now, it's not about always working with high production people. I don't work with high production people that much. I work with, you know, people that I have amazing energy with. And that's like you for you example, you know, you and other uh, similar situated energy. Energy to me is very important how you jive with people. So when you're putting together this vision board, cause I actually, I haven't had anybody um, yeah. talk about a vision board. I've, you know, I've had other people in the real estate field that talk to me about it. Um, I unfortunately don't even have my own vision board. So maybe you're going to inspire me to make yeah. my own, which yeah. I need to. Um, how did you get to like starting a vision board and like, what did you do? What did you add to it? So where yeah. you can help other people start where they should. So I learned this topic. This, this is called a vision board. I learned about it two years ago, but I have always done it. So what I used to, what, what used to be called charting. So um, I always wrote down before on my window. Now I have a black office board um, of people. Number one goal, uh, for example, make a hundred grand or make a million or whatever it is, make that. And so that would be my, what's your, let's start off again. I have five pillars in life that I believe are important. Health, wealth, family, contribution, and spirituality. So that's how I live my life. That's how I, you know, I don't like to lecture, but that's what I tell people that this is what life is about. Five pillars, five categories, health, wealth, contribution, spirituality, and family. So I have five boards or five branches of my life. So if you want to talk about wealth, business, which everyone always interested in. Um, so I would, I would say, let's make a hundred grand, right? How do I do a hundred grand to become a real estate attorney? How do I do a real estate attorney? Okay. Do closings. Who are the top producers? And now, it, for example, now it's like Wicker Park, Logan Square. Oak Brook, Hinsdale. I look at production people there. Then I say, okay, this person has negative energy in this neighborhood. I don't jive with him. So I had like, okay, Ed, Ed, he's in the city. I love his energy. I love that he works out. I can grab a beer with him and be myself. I don't have to always talk business. Um, so those are the branches I have in that business division. And that's my vision for, for wealth, right? Business as well. I have one for health, right? Right. I'm trying to be 12% body fat, do yoga five times a week, bike 200 miles a week and stuff like that. I have one for spirituality and one for contribution. And, all that. and <laughs> another thing that I see in your life, man, and I, it's funny because I, both closings that we worked on together um, because for, well, for one, um, when I had a new, for anybody that's looking for a, a real estate attorney is I had a, a buyer come to me and Imran's team is super responsive. You and your team, you guys do such a great job that I, you know, immediately I recommended you to somebody else. Um, but at Thank both you. closings, uh, you were like, yeah, I'm, uh, we'll have to talk next week. Cause I'm out, I'm, I'm out traveling. You know, I got somewhere I gotta be. I was like, man, this yeah. guy travels every time we have a closing. What a coincidence. <laughs> but I attend as that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a that's a business hack uh i mean ed dude uh you know you're running a couple of businesses i'm running uh there are programs out there credit cards and operating account you can run your business through certain flyer programs so i have all these miles so don't think you know so i'm very fortunate to build a business and of course travel for free essentially yeah that's so is operating. that operating mm -hmm. 
is that a part of your vision board? Like in regards to like your health, is that a part of like your mental health, like taking that time off to keep that going? So I think uh, my goal for travel, which is under my health, uh, is one country per month. Okay. And pre- I'm pretty much tri- uh, international country over the Atlantic or Pacific. I'm doing pretty well on that. Uh, <laughs> I don't like, yeah. yeah, I don't tell people too much because this creates a little animosity and, but that's what I like to do. That's my personal thing. That's good. Man. I'm going to, I'm going to Chile to help a family build a home next month. Yeah. Next month. Or actually, yeah. A couple of days. Yeah. And you're originally from Bangladesh, Bangladesh. Yes. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Can you kind of tell me like, so did you, were, were you, were you born there and then you guys, you came over here or your family's originally from there? I was born and raised here in Chicago, born and raised in Chicago. I'm a Chicago guy. Uh, my parents are from a country called Bangladesh. When they left in the early 70s, it was called, um, it was part of India. This country just formed in 1978, I believe. Um, they came because of the war and all that stuff. Um, grandmother died of starvation. Uh, my dad is my dad's mom. So um, people ask, why am I so happy? Why am I so energetic? Or I, I, I dude. 3 billion people, that's ha- I don't know, 3 billion people or whatever the statistic is, live, live less than $2 a day. You and I are here. I'm on my iPad and I- AirPods talking to you, you know, working out. It's, you have to have that perspective. And um, we are so grateful living in the States and living in, in, in an amazing society. I think our generation, especially the younger kids, do not realize that. And uh, yeah. We are so freaking fortunate. Like just yeah. go to like India or like Bangladesh, like people are dying for a handful of rights. And here I am and here you are just you know, jamming out every day. Yeah. I think of the word, you know, when I first read your form for anybody that, um, you know, goes on my Instagram or anything like that, I have a form. It's like, you know, how to be on the podcast. It really helps me prepare. And when you filled that out, um, the word like hustle, uh, cause for us, like being very privileged, having so many opportunities, um, when we're working hard, we have this word, like, and it's even in my, you know, my podcast name, right? The Chicago hustle with the word hustle for somebody that probably comes from a country, but they don't have the opportunities that we do. And they come here and they're like, Oh, hustle. Yeah. You mean like the opportunity to have a great life? <laughs> that's probably, yeah, yeah. that's probably what yeah. they actually call hustle <laughs> or, be, or being safe, you know? So, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. So, but you know, we're given so many opportunities, dude. We just don't have, we have to, like I said, like when you, like I met people that made a hundred mil, a bill, they're no smarter than you and I, my man. They just, you know, found the right connections and solved a problem. And I think that's what you and I have to do the next, the next step. Yeah. And from coming from your family, coming from somewhere that's not as privileged. And you talked about like one of the five pillars being, you know, contribution, where, where do you see yourself going to meet that yeah. pillar? Oh, God. Um, I hope I'm not digging too deep wanna... or not. <laughs> no, 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 no. So um, and I don't want to sound egotistic. I want to make so much money in my lifetime. The last quarter, I want to give it all back. I, I want to die as a corpsman. I'll be honest with you on that one. I do want to make a shitload of money. I think anyone on this podcast is one. But I want to give back. I want my last quarter of life, hopefully, to give it back. The question I ask every week, sometimes when I do yoga or meditate, is what is that? I don't know my calling, how to give back. The first two years I struggled with helping family, 
then you you realize you're just putting a band-aid helping friends you know you can't change their mindset so i'm still trying to find out what is it to give back what does that mean it's not just writing a check or volunteering hours it has, i'm still trying to find that answer but i want to make a shitload of money and give it back you know that's what i want that's that's what i that's going to happen i just don't know what to what probably, you know i'm trying to find out yeah i was talking to i think it was my last um person that was on the show she talked about how like you know put your oxygen mask on before somebody else's so okay. like you know that's got to be a part of your journey that is not you know even if you don't know the part of the contribution is if you're building that platform so then you'll have that you know that oxygen mask on so then you can eventually you know contribute um that's i mean that makes sense to why you're still yeah. getting there right yeah for sure um again support myself grow myself to give back to society i i don't want to die with uh, with tons of money i do want to give it back what what is that calling i don't know i think that's the purpose why the universe sent me here um it's not just to live an amazing life and meet amazing people it's also to give back but i don't know to what i'm still debating so and second thing i like to do uh is help people um achieve things that they never you know like a lot of People never had a fine dining meal or a pair of Nikes or, you know, I like to do that. Something that they never experienced. Yeah, and you talk about, you know, your friends. You also talked about originally maybe friends or family that you've had to like, it's, it was almost like the biggest struggle for you was to leave other oh, friends dude, behind. Yeah. yeah. When did you first realize that you're like, okay, I have to start? Oh, dude, yeah. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. So I, the biggest, I'll give you my current struggle. Um, I come from a culture where making money and, and having nice things and traveling and having amazing friends and eating out to, to my, particularly my mom, she thinks that's a sin, right? Me making money, me having employees or, you know, a team member, they think it's a bad thing. It's their mindset. So my current struggle is, um, like my, my mom and dad, they don't understand, like, you know, it's okay to be successful. Or it's okay to smile all the time. It's okay to eat dinner at a nice restaurant. It's okay to have, you know, three, four pairs of shoes. Um, so that's my current struggle. But going back to my friends, uh, I mean, I learned, I mean, it's kind of common sense that, you know, you have to shift your circle of friends to go where you want to go. I think that's why you and I are here. I mean, I come from, again, uh, inner city school. I try to help people out or um, just, you know, just, you know, they don't want to, you know, I want to help, right? They don't want to take that leap. I don't know how to say it. Like, they just don't want to take that leap. So that was difficult. Sure. So like, how do you, you know, when you have new friends and new circles, are those, are those the people that are being put on your vision board then? Every new person that I meet and try to develop a friendship with, like including you, um, I'm trying to, yeah, just make my circle and my surroundings better. So why? And why I, I want to hang up? Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess yeah. I don't understand because I have no perspective whatsoever for, you know, for your mom and dad, like from that culture, what is it about money that it makes it a bad thing that we wouldn't understand? I think because they come from, so my mom and dad, they come from extreme poverty, right? So having two pairs of shoes, eating out for lunch and dinner, having an iPad, computer, and a laptop, is, it's, you know, it's, 
it's it's to them it's it's a scarcity mentality. That's what I call them. So they're always scared. I think my dad left Cook County five six times in his life since he came here in 1974. I think he flew twice. Obviously, it's, you know he's he's worried he's going to go hungry. He's worried he's going to not be able to provide food for him, my mom. So that's the mentality they have. So me having abundance is a sin or a, it looks bad, you know, you know what I mean? It's just his mindset. Interesting. Yeah. I guess I've, um, yeah. I, I would never, um, have that perspective. Um, but, but yeah. kind of, you know, shifting a little bit, um, you know, we're talking a lot about, you know, your mindset and, you know, how you've kind of gotten to where you are. Um, I want to talk a little bit about like your, your personal stuff. Like how do you kind yeah. of keep yourself sane? Cause like you work in your business all the time. I'm, I'm assuming that you're just constant. How do you kind of, you know, have the other than traveling, how do you take the time for yourself to like get out of it? So, uh, first, um, I love what I do and, and people on my team know that this is not a business or a job. It's my life. Uh, so I guess it's my child. Everyone knows that I refer to my law practice and title company like a child. And I'm, I'm, and, uh, I'm nurturing that child, but I developed an amazing, first of all, amazing team and amazing technology. Uh, not a lot of attorneys. I mean, I spent, I don't want to, you know, I spend a lot of money on technology. So I was very, I'm very clever when it comes to manage. I'm doing more oversight than actual grinding on the day to day. Um, so I have amazing technology, amazing team, amazing softwares to always monitor. So I'm not physically grinding and stuff, but I'm doing more of an oversight overview and I'm always working. So how do I allocate my day from 5.30 to 10, 5.30 to 9.30 is always camera on time. I do piano, I do yoga, I work out. Uh, I, gr I work from 10 to like five and then I always try to do a dinner or social time from five to like 7.30. Then if I'm dating someone at, you know, usually at eight, nine o'clock. So that's, that's how I, uh, just how I just, I'm kind of organized. Yeah. And, um, you're a professional it's, piano player. Not professional, not by oh. not only, I mean, we have different standards, right? Sure, sure, I sure. Take, I take piano four times a week. I took it this morning. I, uh, every day except Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it's, if I can, uh, I like the, the type of piano music I like is called, um, uh, modernism or, or it's not like classical piano so it's a different type uh, for example my favorite artist is Ludvico Einaudi Italian uh, so I like that uh, I'm not a professional pianist anyway but I take classes we have different standards right so, okay yeah how did you get into into piano is that something you've always done from like growing up or is it recent no I always wanted to do piano since I was, I can particularly remember eight, uh, eight years old, second grade, but my parents couldn't afford lessons. So in 2014, when business picked up and stuff, I, it was 2014, it was, I used to be 30, 30 minutes a week about myself piano. And ever since 2014, now it's one hour, four times a week. So four hours a week. Was there a moment when it was like, oh my God, I can actually, get yeah. and do the things that I want to do. I'm going to get that freaking piano. 
yeah, I'm gonna get the piano. I'm gonna take private lessons. Yeah, that's what I that's what I did. I always wanted to play, but I never had the opportunity. Or, or I've seen a piano like twice, just never had the opportunity. Dang. Do you ever like play in public? You ever go to like yeah. places where you can? No, just just for yourself, just building the skill. Uh, so sometimes when I go, I try to play like at a bar, but I'm kind of tipsy, so I'm kind of it's, it's horrible to play when we're intoxicated and you try to play. Actually, you embarrass yourself. But no, all so. good, all good. What about yoga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you do yoga. how many times do you do, you do yoga a week? Oh, dude. So I love yoga. Uh, on my vision board is to become. It's called YT license, 215 hours. I can't give devote the time right now. I want to be a yoga teacher. Just have that license. I don't have the time now. I do in in the summertime. I do yoga only three times a week: Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. In the winter time, which is from October to like May, <laughs> I do it pretty much every day. <laughs> oh dang, man! I uh, so I I don't know if you know. I used to live in Hawaii, and um, I only lived there for about a year. But um, during that time, uh, what's it called? Like, not is it group yoga? You know, when you do it with someone, is yeah, it group? Is it just yeah. group yoga? Oh my God. I never realized how inflexible that I am. So I was trying to do yoga with my girlfriend. I was trying to hold her up with my feet and um, I'm, just, I'm not a flexible person at all. You, I mean, I'm assuming you've gotten pretty flexible then. I'm pretty flexible now. <laughs> um, for me, it's the only time my mind always races at a million, out, million miles an hour. When I, as soon as I wake up to when I sleep, yoga is the only time where I'm not connected for some reason. Only time my chill, my chill time. And it's not for a workout; it's more for me. Is it a part of that pillar of um, health, spiritual, or I would say health, more health and spiritual. It's uh, I I don't I think I would do it like for some that don't know. I I actually used to be a college wrestler, um, and during that time, like on Wednesdays, it was kind of our cross training day, and uh, we would do yoga on Wednesdays once in a while. And, um, I, I never realized how like difficult it was to like hold positions at times. Oh, yeah. I always felt phenomenal afterwards. I have terrible back pain. Uh, I'm actually, I have a back pillow behind me right now. And, um, I, I should probably do some more of it to help with, with that because there's tons of stretching in it. Oh, dude, yoga is amazing, man. Especially you do like vinyasa. I'll take you to a class or I'll give you free for you and your, and girl, I can get free passes. So just let me know when you want to go. Oh, dude, actually, that, let's do that. Let's meet up. Rather, rather than getting coffee or lunch or whatever, let's do that. Let's go to yeah. yoga. All right, done. I'd be totally in. Sunday, I'll, I'll text you. Oh, this Sunday? Yeah. Like this. <laughs> anyone, yeah, anyone listening to the podcast who's like, oh, he, he offers to do it, but then. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. Uh, no, I'm yeah. going to families this Sunday, but uh, oh, next, yeah, Labor Day. Um, next weekend or whatever, um, shoot me that invite, and I'm I in. I will shoot you that invite. We'll post it and everything so everyone can see. <laughs> For sure, my man. But kind of tell me a little bit about, you said you work with, um, you know, you spend a lot of time with and a lot of money on technology in your business. Mm -hmm. What does that entail like for? Ooh, yeah, yeah. So I'm giving you my trade secrets, dude. <laughs> That's why you're on the show. You're here to give, my man. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my trade, so let's give, let's give compared. So the largest law firm in Chicago, in Illinois does 7,000 closings and they have a team of 28. You go to their office, great people. I look up to them. Half, I would say more than half their office is filing cabinets. So um, I did 1,100 with a team of four at that time. So, and I think my service is much better. So, so what do I utilize for service? I built my own CRM. I use a 
app and I spent a fortune on that. I, I, you know, I spent a fortune on it. Um, instead of paying, having, you know, more team members, I rather pay on technology. So I have my own CRM. I have a, an app that I, that we developed. It's not mine, but I, they always use me as a guinea pig. I have, uh, uh, another system called ZipWhip um, and VoIP. That's phone, text, everything in one platform. So every phone call in my office gets transcribed into a text message. So I kind of can see every conversation, just like looking at my phone. So every phone call coming in and out, I can just read. It's like a text message. It's amazing. And you can see how the team's responding and how quick and how long and how many missed calls. All this is saved. Um, everything's electronic. Um, and then I have an amazing company that I would always recommend. It's called Thrive. Um, Thrive controls all my online presence. So if you're on Redfin and Zillow and you click on, you want to see a home in Lincoln Park, you won't see much many attorneys. But if you see like Ed and your name, if suppose you work with Zillow and you're sponsoring Zillow, my Instagram and Facebook will know that Ed and Imran are friends. And it'll put Ed and then it'll put me automatically. So it's called Thrive. Um, it's a public, it's a Fortune 500 company. Any attorney or title company, I don't know why they don't use it. I have something called a competitor's board. I look at my competition and I can see how many reviews they have every day and they don't have. And then I can see which brokers they're working with and not working with. So I do it from the back end instead of on the front end. Nice, man. And I know you told me originally you said, I like how you put that comparison of like their amount of closing was 7,000, but you were able to do 1,100 with four. You talk about okay. how it's important for you to be the highest producing law firm for real estate closings Correct. with the lowest amount right. of members. What's, mm-hmm. I guess for you is- Ultimate goal, ultimate goal, yeah. How, being able to do with the lowest amount of members, is that just because like you can show like how efficient that you guys are with the technology and the service that you provide? Correct. So- I always, that's a great question. So first of all, I'm not understaffed and I'm not overworking the team. That I want people to understand that. And I, and I want my, my team's uh, happiness and their personal family life is utmost importance. So um, so when I, we do high volume, like HOA docs, right? Ordering association documents. The concept of a person calling the association and asking Asking the association to order HOA documents is so 1970s. There's a software called Sly. I have a recorded transcript that automatic artificial intelligence automatically calls them and orders it for me. It's called it's AI, dude. Right? I mean, it's so that takes out one whole people person, right? Um, engagement agreements, ordering title. My software automatically does that, and it has a I mean, let's be honest, we can sell a hundred grand property or a million, a million dollar property, only the numbers change. So I have a system where it scans and reads things and if something's a red flag, then it comes on our desk. So I took an out, another person. Um, so technology is the way to go. What's, what's very weird and which is very fortunate for me, attorneys are not tech savvy. So, and I, I have that kind of leading competitive edge. That's pretty cool, man. I'm gonna have to, it looks like I'm going to have to pick your brain for sure. Yeah, I'll give you my play with my apps. I mean, you'll see like, okay, today my competitor did six closings. These are the brokers. And I'm like, okay, whoa, this broker is Ed's friend based on Facebook. So I'll be like, hey, Ed, 
connect me to your friends. So that's what I try to do. Oh, man. Next yeah, level. So, there's levels to this, man. Yeah, there's levels to it, man. So what, like, uh, what are some, uh, some of your other goals? I know you talked about you know, title company, things like that. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about that. Stuff. Yeah, I'm one, I own a title company called Atlas Title and Escrow. It's one of the um, – I am the youngest uh, title company owner, I think, in the nation or Illinois. I think Illinois now. Uh, uh, so I, it's ancillary to my law firm. Uh, business goals, which includes the title company because they go hand in hand. Number one, be the largest production um, attorney with the best service. Number two is uh, I want this, this stuff to be electronic, dude. The concept of signing a deed and having an, I think with Zoom and FaceTime and all that, it's much, it reduces fraud. And I think that's going to happen. I'm getting a lot of traction. I get a lot of uh, interviews on it, on that. I'm actually trying to work with the, or, or leverage myself with the Illinois Notorial Act to see what I can do. Um, so that's on, a, that's on my board. It hasn't started. So that's, that's the business. Um, yeah, you know, that's, that's, where, that's what I want to do. Cool, man. So like, through all of this, I, I know you've probably done a lot of like trial by fire learning through mm-hmm. yourself, but like, do you have a, a mentor that you've kind of look up to yeah, or that you work with? Good question. Oh man. So I'm a big fan of mentors, had a bunch of mentors, I had a handful of mentors every year it changes. Um, and I'm not here to preach or vouch, but I always say aim high. My first mentor in 2014, I, I outshined him which is great. I still have a great friend, nothing negative. So then you look for the next level and then the next level and next level. Um, so, so every year I, I, now I have an amazing mentor and friend. Uh, he's out in Virginia. Uh, and then uh, that's what I, what's what I'm doing. So I, you know, you have to aim really high. Um, so what I did to go back on your vision, uh, business goals, I'm trying to expand to Connecticut, Austin, Texas, Boulder, Colorado. So my mentors were amazing people and I love them to death. I consider them my family. Um, they're, they're focused on Illinois, right? I'm trying to do national now. So it's, so I have to look, it's hard to find someone national level. How do you, for anybody that's, you know, starting a business and looking to find a mentor in their field, like how did you even, you just walk up to them and like, Hey, I'm looking to get a mentor. Like how did that no. come about? <laughs> It's a good question. That's a good one. Um, so one of my best groups that I am part of, and I'm very fortunate, it's called Go Abundance. If you guys Google that, G-O-B-U-N-D-A-N-C-E. Um, that it was a great starting point for me. You met amazing people. Um, so that was a good one. M1 is another one that's similarly situated. You guys can Google that. Um, you can find amazing mentors there. Uh, those are great starting points. Deeper po- pockets. These are all real estate oriented. Deeper pockets podcast, right? You just listen to that. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting when finding a mentor. I feel like for myself, uh, I find a lot of mentors in the real estate field where <laughs> it seems like a lot of them just kind of take pity on me. Like they'll see at times where like I'm going through something difficult, and they're just like, uh. I'm going to, I got to call this guy right away. He'll like random guy will call me because I'm a part of real estate pages. Right. I think for anybody that's looking to get mentorship is like join all these pages that are in your field 
and be active in them. Like be posting questions in there and you'll also be surprised a lot of times where you get flooded with people. And I had this one real estate agent from Florida reach out to me, he called me directly. Um, and you know, I just answered it and, um, he started, I, I, cause I'll make phone calls. I'll make phone calls to my clients, um, on these pages and a lot of agents give me advice and he was like, Hey, I just wanted to give you a call real quick. I seen you make your calls. It's pretty cool. Can I give you some advice? <laughs> like just calls to give you advice directly. So like if you put yourself out there to these groups, people will just, they love what they do and they, they want to help you. The universe wants to help, help. Like I want, Ed, I want to help you. What's really scary to me. If a young kid from law school or a young broker ever knocked on my door for help, I would help them so in so many ways. From Connecticut, Florida, having hungry kids that hustle, and it surprises me that people don't reach out to people like you and me. It surprises me. Why do you? When, why do you think so? So, I think that hustle is gone. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't have that answer. I never. You know. Um, I guess, so when you ask the universe, it, it gives, I think. Why do you think people are afraid to like help people who like come to them for answers? I think with social media and the way people, they'll think you're weak or you're not, you know, savvy enough. I ask for help all the time, all the time. Um, people think that you'll be weak if you ask. I'm assuming, I mean, I have no, you know, especially young kids. I mean, if, if a young attorney or a young you know, broker reached out to me or someone that wants to be into, I would gladly help. But it's amazing to see. It's, it's kind of sad to see how zero people reach out. Even when people I interview all the time, right? It's right away, I want a $120,000 job. Like what value do you give? Right? Yeah, it's, uh, and, and like people, people appreciate it. When I first started working um, with certain people and I would ask them questions at first, I'd be like, Oh, you know, I'm sorry. Like I'm really, you know, green. I'm sorry to ask you this question. They're like, no, dude, I'd rather you ask me this question than like halfway through the transaction. We got some problems. Um, so definitely don't ever think that it's, yeah. um, not okay. And it's, I forget, well, actually my mentor told me this. I asked, I told him, I was like, I'm so appreciative of you, like helping me. Um, I've literally, one of, one of my mentors I actually lived with, um, in Hawaii, for anybody that knows me, it's my best buddy, Devin. And um, he would like drag me out of my bed when I was like feeling sorry for myself. But um, he like said, no worries, man. Like you would have got there with or without me. It would just took you a little bit longer. Uh, and that's the thing too, is like if somebody is at that point where they're going to be hustling and they're going to like, you can see that they, they have the hustle, they have the drive, they're going to get there. So like you might as well just, might as well just give it to them anyways if they're going to, it's going to happen. Right. Right? It's gonna happen. Oh, you're right. On the dot. On the dot. Oh, I, I didn't say that. Somebody else said it. <laughs> oh, that, Devin said that, huh? Yeah, and then somebody else probably said, it. I don't know. Yeah. So, so um, let me talk about your mentor. Like, so, like, who, like, is your mentor someone you want to become? Because, or, or is he like, give me, give me, give me that. Like, how? Why is he your mentor? So I got into real estate. Um, I graduated from college on May 1st of, I forget what year it is, but it was, you know, a few years ago and I flew out to Hawaii six days later and I was like, yeah, I'm going to make all that money, baby. I'm going to make that money. And, uh, didn't make that money. I was driving Uber in the morning from like 4am to noon, just trying to pay the bills of like, never had a rent payment before in my life. Cause I was a college student and everything was paid through tuition. And, um, you know, he got me into real estate and every time, every moment I was there, 
he was, you know, teaching me everything that I, I knew. And then when I moved to Chicago, um, he was like, didn't, I guess like he's, he's seeing everything that I was going through from like not being able to pay my bills, maxing out my credit card. So that's just like everything that, um, I experienced. And it was just one of those moments where like, Hey man, like, what are you doing on like a Tuesday at this time? I could like talk to you every, you know, for 30 minutes every Tuesday. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great, man. Uh, so I think he just, you know, seen me struggling. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Keep in touch. Uh, Um, um, God bless him. I mean, it's amazing to see other humans help individuals. So kudos to him. But yeah, it's so, definitely a guy I want, I aspire to be for sure. Yeah. Perfect. So that's the question. Your mentor should be someone you aspire to be. So if you want to be like that guy, then please. Totally, man. So, yeah. So tell us like when people want to reach out to you, they want to get your help for anything. Yeah. Like how, where do people find you? Those yeah. Um, so um, you guys can, Oh, I'm a big tech guy. So always text or email me. Uh, you can find my infant, my, uh, my, you can text 312-753-3142. My email is I K H A N at A R K L A W S.com. I like the emails and texts better. Um, I always want to help people. So um you know, I only, I, you know, I, I don't lecture, but I want to give like three, three pointers when you do reach out to me. Um, number one, knowledge plus action equals power. Uh, so I have a, there's tons of people out there with tons of knowledge, uh, but they don't have the action component. So if you want to get my knowledge, you got to have action, and I think that equals power. I live by that. Actually, it's on my office. Actually, if you want to, you got to come to my office, dude. Dude, I'm going to uh, come by your office for sure. All right. So you got knowledge plus action, knowledge plus action, which is power. So you, I have, you have these amazing Harvard grads, Northwestern grads. They're very knowledgeable, but they have zero action. And that's why sometimes they're not struggling. So knowledge plus action is power. So when you reach out to me, always think about that action component. It's not always about knowledge. Uh, number two, uh, rapid course action. Uh, when you want to say something and you want something, you kind of saw that today, let's do it right away. So you want to have dinner. I don't want to schedule in two weeks. I want dinner freaking now. You want yoga, dude. I want yoga today <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. I, so that's how I live my life, kind of. So it's called, I call it rapid course action. There's a sh- problem in the office. The girls are fighting. The guys are fighting. I'm walking out of that closing and saying, guys, let's fix the shit right now clients complaining or something not done and I, the other day i pulled over i was biking and i pulled drove to the bike to the agent's home two blocks away went upstairs i'm like what's going on let's hash it out at 8 30. so i call that now uh rapid course action that's the big one i live by so when people you ask when people reach out to me those are the things i ask you live by uh i'm not i'm not the guy to lecture but Anyone that has those characteristics, I think I can definitely help out. Love to help out, actually. That's huge. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Was there was there a third, or I don't know if there was. Th- uh yeah. So I mean, I have, I have those are the top two for business. People always love the business aspect. Um, you know, I have flaws too, right? I always look for relationship issues. That's my biggest flaw, right? I'm single out there. I'm always dating around. I'm always having a great time. Um, so you know so that's that's 
you know, so those are things that I live by. All right. Well, knowledge plus action equals power. Rapid course yeah. action. Action is huge, dude. So, and then rapid, you want to do something like you want to do yoga, you're going to go with yoga with me like right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, dude. Super important. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah. so much, dude, for being on the show. Yeah. And uh, I'll be coming by your office speedy. Please don't make me Uber you into the office. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, thank you for the opportunity. How's Chicago Hustle going? Where are we forecasting? Where do you see it's going in five years? Great question, dude. Great question. So you ever hear about the paperclip that bought a home? No, no, I never heard about that. Please tell me. I might have made it up but I heard it from somewhere and I fabricated it into a beautiful story and I'm about to share it with you. My man. Everyone has something that they, they need and they're willing to get it at the convenience of something that might cost them, right? You have a pen, I have a paper clip. You have two pieces of paper, but you don't need to write on it. You need to put it together. I'd be like, yo man, do you want this paper clip? I'll trade it for that pen. You'd be like, yeah, absolutely. I need it right now. Okay, now I have a pen. And then I trade the pen for something of a little bit of higher value that you need this pen for that you don't need the other thing that eventually I have a notebook and then I have a wallet and then I have et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I trade the bike and then I have a something with, that's motorized and then I trade that thing for a $40,000 home in the middle of Wisconsin. Um, the great thing about this podcast is that I have the opportunity for one, um, I don't get paid a single dime to do the podcast. However, I learn so much. I, I would never have the opportunity to sit down. Well, I might hope maybe, but like for somebody like yourself, I have an hour, basically an hour. I could have two hours depending on how long this goes to sit down with you and just learn about your life, where you came from, your experiences for free. That is on, this is on hundred percent free. So like I'm able to just simply give somebody a platform and it gives me an hour of their entire life summarized. And then by giving to people, you, you're going to like, when we get done with this podcast, eventually in a couple of weeks, you know, who's going to reach out to you and ask you who you might know, who might want to be on the podcast, this guy, I'm reaching back out to you. Um, and I just, I just did that. So like, you might know somebody that is the mayor. You might know somebody is on a TV show. Like, that's just going to elevate this podcast to the next level and the next level and the next level. And then we'll be able to have this huge platform that's going to be able to actually create influence in the city of Chicago. And, um, I guess for myself, my goal is to, I love to teach people. I, I, I think, I don't know why I just really enjoy, like if I, someone has a problem they want to solve and I know how to teach them how to solve that problem. Um, I can be that greater influence eventually when I have this huge platform from great people like you from being on the show, that I can be that guy. Um, I don't know that was a big answer, but like that's, I guess that's, that's it. Number two, how can I give help or value to your, to your, to your child? What can I do right now to give value or in the next couple of days to help you take it to the next level? So when I post this podcast, um, anything for it, I would love it if you shared it on your pages. Um, and then I guess, who do you know that wants to be, or who do you think would want to be on this podcast that we could get on in the next couple of weeks? Perfect. So those are two things. Post on my podcast, uh, my page and Instagram done. That's yep. Done and find someone that's going to be of high value to your podcast. Real estate. 
is cool? Or are you looking for more of a political figure? Doesn't, um, doesn't have to be real estate. Um, as long as they're, you know, they don't have to be a business owner. They don't have to be an entrepreneur. If there's somebody that's making a positive influence that's on a pursuit in the city of Chicago, that's who I want. Done. Those are the two things you want. Okay, perfect. Done. My man, you'll get those two. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. All right. All right. And uh, that's a wrap. Thank you so much. Yeah, no worries, guys. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Chicago Hustle with your host, Edward Terrace. If you or someone you know would like to share their story on our podcast, you can head over to Instagram at the Chicago Hustle and fill out the link in our bio. To follow my Chicago Hustle, you can head over to Instagram at Edward Terrace along with my weekly vlog on YouTube.